On today's episode of the Nomcast, we'll preview the Netflix Christmas movie slate with Kid Christmas himself, Chad Davis, plus a fall film festival update and my mini review of the 9-11 Victims Fund inspired film Worth that I watched over the weekend. So lots to get to. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at NomcastPod.com. Okay, lots to talk about today. We'll have Kid Christmas, a.k.a. podcaster Chad Davis, on in a few, but I wanted to start today with a fall film festival update. Last week, we went through the early critical reviews for the three big Netflix movies at the Venice Film Festival, but the one thing hanging out there was, will any of these films win any of the prestigious awards at the festival, particularly the Golden Lion, which is the highest prize given to a film at this festival? And over the weekend, we found out that the three Netflix films landed four awards at the festival. Maggie Gyllenhaal won Best Screenplay for The Lost Daughter. Italian filmmaker Paolo Sorrentino's The Hand of God won two awards, the runner-up Silver Lion Grand Jury Prize and the Best New Young Actor Prize for the film's lead, Filippo Scotti. Sorry, Italians, I did my best. And The Power of the Dog which was kind of this front-runner Netflix number one pick here, won Best Director for Jane Campion. Now, this is a good sign for future award season success in the sense that none of the big three Netflix titles went home empty-handed. However, the team behind The Power of the Dog might be let down slightly, at least as there has been a ton of buzz that this could not only, you know, be a Best Picture nominee, but also a real shot at winning it all come Oscar Sunday. And, you know, the last four Golden Lion winners have all gone on to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars, and two of the last four have won it all. I know this is a small sample size for sure, but I would think that this has to dampen those chances a little bit and put more expectations on making more noise at the next festival in competition right now, the Toronto International Film Festival, which sees the power of the dog fighting for the People's Choice Award alongside fellow Netflix films The Starling, which comes out next Friday the 24th, The Guilty, which comes out the following week on October 1st, and high-profile non-Netflix films Kenneth Branagh's Belfast, The Eyes of Tammy Faye with Jennifer Chastain, and the star-studded musical adaptation Dear Evan Hansen, and many, many more. Does Power of the Dog have a chance to win? In my eyes, I have my doubts. That award tends to go to films that are more people-pleasing, like Jojo Rabbit, Green Book, La La Land as recent examples, and this movie doesn't have that kind of reputation at the moment. So, like I said, I have my doubts. And as for the other two Netflix titles, The Starling seems to be receiving some mixed critical reviews thus far, which really bums me out after the trailer for that movie was incredibly effective on me, uh, and I know other people who truly enjoyed it. So that will be 
kind of a wait and see for when it comes out real soon, like I said, on the 24th as far as Netflix, and they say the 17th uh, in select theaters, but I haven't found anything near me, so I'm starting to get a little sour on that one, or that expectation, I guess, uh, to see it in theaters soon. And then The Guilty is receiving mostly positive reviews with Jake Gyllenhaal's performance being a particular standout, which is not shocking considering the film is mostly him at a desk as a 911 dispatcher. But I hear the movie is quite entertaining, and I look forward to seeing that one in a few weeks, even though I think it really isn't a major awards player. But hey, not everything needs to be. But for something that we thought with Antoine Fuqua and Jake Gyllenhaal involved, amongst others, uh, Ethan Hawke, Uh, and other people doing kind of like more probably voice acting at this point in this type of film. Thought it might have a words legs. I don't know about that at this point. But a movie I did see that I wanted to talk about is Worth, the historical drama that focuses on Washington, D.C. attorney Ken Feinberg as he volunteers to head up the commission that assigns value to each victim's life after the 9-11 attacks. This was acquired out of the Sundance Film Festival in 2020 by Netflix and released on the platform right before Labor Day weekend, almost a couple weeks ago now. And I'm not going to lie. This is a movie I wanted to see. We kind of previewed it in, in our in our stuff that like maybe this has awards contention or maybe it could have a chance. You know, a lot of high profile actors, Michael Keaton, Stanley Tucci, Amy Ryan and the like. But it is also something that I dreaded to see. All at the same time. I was in college when 9-11 happened. I have some emotions that still come to the surface when I see footage of what happened that day. And I didn't know how this movie was going to approach this subject or what tone it was going to strike. So I hesitated to hit play when it first came out. But this past Saturday night, which was the 20th anniversary, I finally pressed play. And I will say that I think they did a pretty good job. I'm sure that director Sarah Colangelo, who directed another Netflix acquisition, The Kindergarten Teacher, back a few years ago, uh, had some restless nights trying to make this story engaging while also being, you know, sensitive to what happened after 9-11 and what happened to the Victims Fund, even after that initial deadline. And what I was surprised was it's not a heavy-handed tearjerker, and it really isn't a Wikipedia entry either. So I applaud the film for kind of striking the right balance, even if the movie isn't the most compelling story all the way throughout. I felt like the movie reflected the fund itself in a way, actually, because the emotions of the situation seem to elevate both outcomes. And striking that tone we talked about is almost as important as getting the facts right in a biopic such as this. So I appreciated that. I also echo a lot of the critical praise for Stanley Tucci in this film as well. He really rings true as the heartbeat of the film in this kind of audience-standing character that fights against the fund's ruling and forces Michael Keaton's Feinberg character to truly take stock, you know, in, in people, you know, as much as the numbers that they have to crunch every day. So even though he is going through an unspeakable loss, Tucci's character uses more kind of earthy logic and rationale instead of tugging at the heartstrings and playing on those raw emotions that a lot of people still have about the subject decades later, you know, myself included. I mean, the movie is probably about like a C plus B minus at the end of the day. Uh, It's worth watching, worth exploring your feelings about the subject 
and worth relitigating those discussions, uh, especially in a new era of government payouts in a time of tragedy that we just went through uh, or are still going through in, for some in the time of COVID. So check it out. Uh, it showed up in the Netflix top 10 for a blip. And then it moved out pretty quickly, as I'm sure many people either didn't spend their Labor Day weekend watching it, can't blame them there, or waited until it was closer to 9-11 like I did. So maybe it got a little more spread out. But I want to hear from you guys. Definitely hit me up on our social feeds, at NomCastPod, and let me know what you thought, because I'm very curious to see how people look at this one, because it's a very tricky subject to be objective about. So I think they did a pretty good job, but definitely hit us up and let me know. But let's move on to something more cheerful, please, right? We have the Halloween season coming with new stuff being added all the time, it seems, like that crazy WWE interactive movie with The Undertaker. I don't know if you guys saw that one uh, coming out. That seems like it could be interesting. And the Halloween content officially kicks off today if you are listening to this on the day of release, as Nightbooks, starring Kristen Ritter, is out. And without getting too into it, I have seen this movie, uh, and I kind of liked it. It's it's a family scare that has Evil Dead director Sam Raimi as its producer, and you could totally tell lots of practical effects on the monsters and witches, and some nods to Raimi's crazy zooms from the early Evil Dead films. It's a fun way to kick off the Halloween season, much like Vampires vs. the Bronx did last year. Maybe it's not the most inventive or cinematic haunt, but, you know, for a family film that has a positive message and some solid age-appropriate scares, you can have some fun with it. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll be your kid's return to Oz or the witches or something in that vein. But for now, let's put a pin in the Halloween horror season, okay? We are going to preview the films coming up sooner than you'd think for the Netflix Christmas movie slate. So after this quick break, I will break down those holiday films with podcaster Chad Davis. We'll be right back. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, I'm Shamar. And I'm Andrew. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all the connected DC animated movies and their cinematic universe. Yes, I'm here to discuss the interconnected storylines and point out how jacked everybody is. And I'm here to share deep comic book knowledge like Batman having his own sneaker line. So check out yet another DC animated podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and coming soon wherever you listen to your podcast. All right, Kid Christmas is here. Mr. Chad Davis, formerly of the Christmas Purgatory podcast, which I was on last year, and a frequent guest on this show for every single Christmas film we've discussed. Thanks for coming on, man. Good to see you. What's up? What's up? Last year at this time, uh, around this time, we're actually a few weeks late, if you can imagine, Chad. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. At the end of August last year, we did our, our preview of all the, the Christmas films coming out for Netflix, so we're a little late being in the second week of September, but we're already starting to see a trickle of what 
the big titles are going to be. And I sent you over those titles. And I don't know about you, man. Like, we've done this, you know, since Christmas Chronicles came out, you know, back in and in 2018 when this podcast first started. I yep. feel like they've just been ramping up and ramping up and ramping, mm-hmm. putting out more and more of these things. The one thing that stood out to me for this year is not as much. Not right now. Well, see, not right now. What, what, but this is kind of my point, though. We knew yeah. a lot of these ones, but I, I'm sure you're right. I said the same thing to myself. I was like, all right, you know, there's a decent amount of titles here. But last year, well, just for an example, Christmas Chronicles 2, Jingle Jangle, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, which congratulations to them yeah. winning a, a freaking Emmy for her best TV movie. Wild, <laughs> wild after we kind of panned that one. Uh, Operation Christmas Drop, Alien Christmas, Xmas, excuse me, uh, The Princess Switch Switch Again, A California Christmas, and they even had the holiday movies that made us special on top of all that. That's a lot. That yeah. was a ton last year. Yeah. So you figure, okay, did they learn their lesson? They're just going to scale back? Or is this mm. like a COVID thing because a lot of productions got canceled? I don't know, man. But there's yeah. maybe, I don't know, five? Five or six this year? So it's a little bit lesser in scale. But the one thing that I'm scared of, Chad, and I don't know if you've watched this. I probably asked you this before. Have you watched any of the Princess Switch movies? No, <laughs> I'm right? gonna have to go back and watch them now because we got a third one coming. I know, and I, <laughs> this is what I was saying: Is this gonna be the year that I have to watch all of these damn movies? And that's why I wanted to to know if I watch the third one, am I? I don't figure I'm gonna be lost, lost. But <laughs> but you know the essentially the plot of these movies. Like Vanessa Hudgens now is playing three versions yeah. of of herself in these yeah. movies where it's starting to get like inception level. It's like bizarre, like weird timeline shit going on that I don't know if I'm gonna be lost. She is quoted though of saying there will not be a fourth character of herself in, oh, the, thank in the goodness. next one. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if, but there is a character that looks just like her. Right. That's her cousin or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but we might, uh, maybe we, maybe we do a, uh, a Christmas switch trio trilogy podcast. Special, yeah. Special podcast or something. Just talk about all three of them at one time. We might have to, which is the <laughs> saddest thing I think I've said <laughs> in a while, although it's been a rough summer, so we'll see. But like I said, uh, We've gotten some real bangers over the year, though, and, and they really know how to kind of turn up the juice when it comes to the sequels. We just kind of went over the the Princess Switch thing. We're getting the third one of that. So no Christmas Chronicles this year. Uh, they made, you know, what, two or three of those Christmas Prince ones, and they're out. You know, they Good. can't do double royalty. Thank goodness didn't have to watch any of those. Um, but the one thing that they are good at is kind of these – particular style ones you always Mm. get at least one like lifetime kind of like hallmark channel vibe movie yep you get uh, the sequel or some kind of franchise thing which we get with the you know christmas switch and then usually there's like one big ticket one and i'll start with that one because it's right up top it's the first one that will probably drop i they don't have release dates for a lot of these but this one's yeah. at least coming out in November, and mm-hmm. it's a movie that is probably titled after your birth, buddy. A Boy Called Christmas. 
<laughs> based on, based on quite a popular book from what I understand based on the novel by Matt Haig but yeah this is a, a wild story it's kind of basically the story of Father Christmas uh, as a young boy named Nicholas uh, you know as he goes on his adventures you know it kind of a what they were describing as a lemony snicket meets Klaus Klaus uh, type thing Klaus I know I always have to say Klaus um <laughs> But yeah, it's like an 11 year old who, you know, goes on this journey to try to save his father who's in the North Pole, I believe. Um, You know, so a lot of adventures, a lot more elves, you know, kind of another saving Christmas while kind Mm -hmm. of also inventing Christmas or like or at least inventing the thought of a Santa Claus. So and, and for anyone who hasn't heard of this yet. Dame Maggie Smith is in this. Oh uh, hell yeah! Kristen Wiig, Mikael Huseman, who I just watched in Kate uh, last week. Uh, Henry Lawful plays Nicholas. That's his first feature film. But then there's also a bunch of awesome character actors: Jim Broadbent, Toby Jones, who always terrifies me every time I see that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Sally Hawkins, Stephen Merchant, and it's written and directed by. Gil Keenan, who is about to have Ghostbusters Afterlife, which unfortunately got pushed to 2022, but he's also the director. His first feature was Monster House, which was an awesome, awesome kind movie. of family film, yeah. animated family film that was like produced by Spielberg. So, mm. you know, good stuff here, man. What do you think of this now that you read this one? This seems to be the big ticket. If you go online and see the pictures, have you done yeah. that? Um, so I kind of cheated and I watched the trailer. I know you didn't. You still just not the is watch there the trailer. trailer? Uh, yeah, it came out. Um, I remember this movie being presented like last year, oh, and the okay. trailer. There was a trailer that came out last year for it. I want to say it came out right at the at Christmas time, and it was kind of advertised. It was a teaser trailer. Okay. Uh, it was a minute long, um, and it was just advertising it for the following year. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize I remembered it until I watched the trailer. It looks fucking cool, man. It looks cool. This is big budget. Like you could tell. You like- know, no, no. A hundred percent. It looks like a big, big budget movie. Um, I love Maggie Smith. I, I mean, I know a lot of people remember her from the Harry Potter movies, which I'm a huge fan of the Harry Potter movies. Sure. But I also remember her from sister act. Yeah. Who does she was man. awesome in that. So like, yeah, I, I, I love her. So like, obviously I'll watch anything that she's in. And then, um, Kristen Wiig. Yeah. I mean, she can, she can kind of take over a movie without taking it over. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like for she sure. doesn't have, like, even if she doesn't have a big role, she'll have a big role. Like she'll make a big impact on the film. A lot of times when she's in a film. So, uh, I'm really looking to see, you know forward to seeing her in like a Christmas theme kind of movie. So, yeah, um, she's good at being like a character actress. That's what the yeah. SNL people are good. Yep. Like they could dive into one, ramp up the movie when they're in it, and but doesn't need to dominate it at the same yeah. time. Um, unfortunately, that's what we hoped for with Wonder Woman 1984, but that movie is not good. Um, uh, but and then any anytime Stephen Merchant comes into a film, I, I always give it up to him too because he's he's always one of those guys that. People know who he is from when you see him. Right. But when you say Stephen Merchant, a lot of people don't know who you're talking about. Right. But they'll know who you're talking about if they see it. Like, he's just like one of those guys that kind of shows up in the movie. Like, he was in uh, one of my, The Rock's favorite movie, The Tooth Fairy. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, he was just, I mean, he's a good character actor. I mean, yeah. 
Which this so, movie's t- uh, full of, man. I love yeah. Jim Broadbent. You know, he's been in every kind of, you know, uh, like he was in the Potter series. He's been in everything that you could possibly imagine. Great uh, British actor, you know, whether you saw him. I believe he's in, you know, almost all like kind of the rom-com stuff or any of that. Like he's definitely in, what, Bridget Jones' Diary as uh, yep. the father. And, you know, I thought he was in another one too. But, yeah. Amazing guy, you know, uh, Oscar nominated actor. Yeah. So you get to have is just kind of like these not, you know, like little character tossing stuff here. So I'm more interested, you know, because a lot of these characters are named like Aunt Ruth, Aunt Carlotte. Like, what is the family aspect? Like, uh, what are we getting here? I, I, I kind of want to go. Did you glean anything from the teaser trailer of like kind of the tone of the film or any of that stuff? I started watching this, the the teaser, and it, 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 one of my favorite all-time classic, like, Christmas movies is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yeah. Like the sure. old, like, claymation, like, kind of, you know, uh, cartoon going on. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of that a little bit, mm-hmm. where he's, like, on this adventure with, like, all these little animals that pop up. And I don't know if there's going to be any music in it or anything, but uh, he's just kind of, like, spreading cheer around and stuff and right i kind of got that vibe from it. i didn't get the i didn't get that lemony snicket like feel from it sure but i could i could definitely see the 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 cloths the clothes the claws what <laughs> yeah. do you say what do you call Klaus. it <laughs> Klaus. Klaus. yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i kind of get that vibe too but i really 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 got that um santa claus is coming to town vibe to it yeah we don't know if there's really like a big opposition piece here like a big villain uh that might be the mikhail huseman character or or toby jones because he's always looks terrifying even in his normal form i i don't know he could have something like that going on but i know as far as like the creature stuff i i'm that i definitely want to see how well that's going because they have like whole elf villages or Mm -hmm. towns or whatever here that i know that they're trying to you know the classic standby of hey christmas cheers at an all-time low how do we bump this up which is why they were comparing it to klaus in that way where it's you know they're trying to reinvigorate the christmas spirit which is you know 90 percent of the plot of any of these type of christmas full-on christmas movies isn't that what the basically the santa claus with tim allen isn't that the basic like you got to have cheer in order to you know, you the Christmas have... Chronicles too. It's all of them. Yeah, it's yeah. like you got to have the power, the power, the uh, the sled. You know, you got to have Christmas cheer. Right. Like, exactly. Um, I and I love it all. Like, give it to me in piles. Like, just <laughs> all over me, all over me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Man. I'm I'm with you, man. And especially uh, um, the fact that we have stuff like you mentioned uh, outside of the the elves here too. They said a surly reindeer. A mm-hmm. troublesome troll. Like, I'm sure some really good, like, you know, voiceover acting and stuff like that, too. So I'm all in for, for yeah. this one. I, I oh, love me, to me see. Uh, but to your point, if we already got a teaser, give me the full on. Give me the real thing right now, because I would probably get a trailer out before we get full on into, you know, spooky Halloween stuff, which is already yep. kind of starting up uh, at, when this episode is live. I know mm-hmm. Nightbooks uh, uh, will be out already. So start it up, baby. Like, yeah. you know, get it before it's full on like October horror madness and people don't care, you know. So unless you're putting this out in late, late November, but that that's a long time. If you're going to put it out in like early November, like after the, the Halloween stuff is out of the way and then you're going to try to just drum it up for a few weeks. 
that's a little late. So I'm like, give yeah. me something now, and then yeah. you know, keep it going forward. I would definitely go check out the teaser trailer, and then, um, uh, uh, like you said, I hopefully we get a bigger trailer coming up soon. But I can tell you right just from right now, I don't really need a trailer. I'm all <laughs> You're in. just in anyway, yeah. Uh, just from the teaser trailer itself, just the way it looked. Obviously, they're going to be doing more work on it because that was last year. Right. Uh, they've had all this time to work on it. I'm just hoping that they make it a little bit more crisper. And I mean, it looked it looked awesome as it was. So well, they had the uh, extra time. Wait. So I can't I can't wait. Yeah, anything probably with these animated characters probably takes forever. So fine by me that they held it off, and we're going to get this big budget, like hopefully elaborate setup thing to to kick off the season right. Uh, because I think last year we uh, kicked off with Operation Christmas Drop. So I think mm. hopefully maybe we get something like right hot out of the gate, get us right in the mood right from the start. That comes out in November. Uh, another film, you know, like you were saying, like, oh, this, you know, if you present this, I will watch it. I feel like I do that with Carrie Elwes movies, and he's going to be in a, a movie with uh, an amazing pair between Carrie Elwes and Brooke Shields, everybody, yeah. are going to be in kind of the rom-com version, I would imagine, probably closer to the quality. This is the one we were saying, like, Hallmark, Lifetime, yep. Rival, uh, A Castle for Christmas, which will come out in November. Odds are this is probably the first one that, that'll come out, and then we'll get the big budget one as it gets further along. But yeah. this movie, I love <laughs> this director. Did you read the notes? This is the wildest yeah, oh, thing. Yeah, I, I yeah. had to say it to my wife. Mary Lambert has the freakiest career start I've ever seen in my life. She's doing Pet Cemetery 1 and 2, but at the same time, she's doing these iconic music videos for Madonna and Janet Jackson and all these other people. Like You couldn't have the weirdest start to, to a career. It's just like, wow, that is just pure 80s goodness. She did the Like a Prayer video. She did Material Girls. She did all the insane ones. Uh, yep. and, and the Control video from Janet Jackson. Crazy. She's now doing rom-coms and TV stuff. Um, and she's got the writing team from Netflix's Holiday in the Wild, which we didn't cover. But did you end up watching yeah. that? No. Has, uh, no. Was that with Rob Lowe? Was that who the, the guy was in that one? I think so. Because somebody goes on Safari and then, you know, like they meet up, uh, you know, a rom-com in the jungle, obviously, by the title, uh, it, it speaks that. But so the writing team behind that is the one who wrote this one. The The plot reads, a famous American author, Sophie, played by Brooke Shields, travels to Scotland. And while on vacation, she discovers a beautiful castle that she wants to buy. However, the prickly owner of the castle, the Scottish duke named Miles, uh, played by Carrie Elwes, obviously, is extremely reluctant to sell his beautiful home to a foreigner. I I'm just hoping for some kind of good banter and antics out of this one. I feel like we'll probably end up covering it because there's so you know few at this moment to cover. But, uh, you know, Carrie Elwes, I love him in anything. Like Basically, yeah. Princess Bride, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, you know, Kiss the Girls. He was just in Stranger Things. Um, one of my favorite shows of all time, Psych. He has a an amazing character run in mm -hmm. in that show as well, so he could do no wrong, man. Uh, yeah. I, I love this dude and Brooke Shields. This is right for her 
career you know she's at this stage now where she's kind of just either playing you know tv moms or yeah or doing these type of films so no shock but an interesting pair man what do you think well we're gonna 100 percent cover this because <laughs> this sounds terrible uh, <laughs> oh come on it's gotta be better than the night before christmas <laughs> I like that movie. Remember, I, I, I enjoyed that one. Uh, so I read a little bit more on this uh, on this movie, uh, what I could, and they basically were saying like, you know, the plot was pretty plain. It's going to be like a romantic kind of, you know, eventually it's going to be the wrong. They're going to think they're not right for each other because there's going to be some kind of like back and forth. I mean, then eventually at the end of the movie, they're going to decide like they're the right for each other sure and they'll share it's gonna the have that basic, or whatever yeah but from what i've been reading is go to this or or watch this movie for the scenery because yeah. it's all shot in scotland right so it's gonna be beautiful scenery so if if you don't take anything out of it i mean at least take that out of it i guess i mean yeah, well, it's gonna it's gonna look nice. Well, that's what Holiday in the Wild was. It was yeah. like, hey, we don't care. We're just putting a rom com set during Christmas time. Oh, and Operation Christmas Drop too. It was the same mm-hmm. thing. It's yeah. like, hey, we're yep. on an island here. We're gonna just show you know real estate and vacation porn, and then oh, here you go. Here's a story we're gonna build around this. It's exactly yeah. and it 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 compares. I think I probably said it at the time where it's like certain shows like you get that are popular or at times like Royal pains is a show I watch where it's just like, Hey, he's a doctor in the Hamptons and scene. It's like, yeah. we just get to watch people, rich people being rich. It's like, okay, yeah. fine with me, man. Um, yeah. but yeah, that one's borderline soap opera-ish. It's, it's one of those shows that I watch yeah. for far too long. Um, <laughs> but this is kind of in that deal and I'm sure it'll be very successful because of, Carrie Ellis and Brooke Shields. So we'll probably yeah. cover it. We'll watch it. We'll get, we'll get 100%. that note in there. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Another thing I find, uh, you know, I'm glad that they're doing this. I don't want to seem like it's a, a gimmick, but I know last year the happiest season came out on Hulu. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was like a big deal that like this kind of LGBTQ kind of, I don't know if they'd call it a romantic comedy. There are is romance or his comedy but it's kind of more of a drama whatever um that is set around the holidays that did really well uh for hulu and i think this is kind of the counterpunch to that in a way this movie single all the way uh which comes out in december is a movie that's you know very kind of similar in plot where it's like desperate to avoid his family's judgment about his perpetual single status peter convinces his best friend nick to join him for the holidays and pretend that they're now in a relationship. So now it's not entirely about like a couple that goes home for the holidays, but it is like still about trying to kind of, you know, adjust around that holiday scenario. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and this one is doing it with less bigger names. Although I love a lot of the people who they rounded out the care, uh, the character actor cast with, Kathy Najimy, who uh, I might see this weekend. Uh, she is at Connecticut Horror Fest. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, you know, doing her Hocus Pocus thing and whatever else. Okay, yeah. uh, you know, so I'll see her. Uh, weirdly enough, I, I feel like you probably have either seen them or something. Did you know she was married to Dan Finnerty of the Dan Band? No. Nah. Have you ever seen the Dan? You seem like a guy who would see the Dan Band live. I know who they are. I've never, I've never seen them live, and... 
when I was looking at these names, I, I I'm I know, this, I'm gonna get shit for this. I've never seen Hocus Pocus. That's why so, I saw it for the first time last Halloween. I, yep. I well, actually, I take that back slightly. When my, my daughter is a Halloween baby. Mm-hmm. And when we were in the hospital, Hocus Pocus was on because it's one of my wife's favorite movies. So I was like, I will put this on. But it's also a beautiful thing where I'm like, cool, she's happy, baby sleeping, I'm going to sleep. So I saw like parts, bits and pieces, whatever. Last year, to be nice, I watched it full on with my wife. And, yep. and, and <laughs> uh, quick aside, she fell asleep during the movie and I didn't. I was like, this is your favorite movie <laughs> and you're still falling asleep. Why am I still suffering through this? thing come on man but um yeah so that was interesting but yeah i just watched it for the first time last year all right yeah it's just like one of those movies that i never got around to watching and didn't really like i'm not a halloween guy so i'm a christmas guy so um a lot of these halloween movies uh people like to talk about i haven't seen so unless it's like a really scary movie i'm in the horror movies but right yeah it's a uh, hocus pocus doesn't seem like it's a horror movie. <laughs> no, it's definitely that family-friendly vibe, yeah. whatever. Um, but, you know, rounding out, like I said, Dan Finnerty's also in this yeah. movie, which is wild. Um, Barry Boswick, who is also coming to Connecticut uh, in our neck of the woods at the uh, around the, the, I think it's the 24th of October, because they're doing the Rocky Horror uh, mm. on the big screen like in in a big theater kind of thing and okay he does he like hosts those things so brad is that is that one of the ones that they i went to a rocky horror picture show where they like acted it out as the movie was going on so i think it's yeah it's like it's like a big thing i don't know if they do like a whole thing but i know it's a lot of audience participation and mm-hmm. they'll do numbers and and you know like i remember even when i saw like the room live like yep. people play football and like throw things and, yeah. and do whatever it's it's fun and this is like that on steroids where they yeah. do it you know where you're paying to to get the whole experience so they're doing that at college street music hall in new haven if you live in connecticut and you're listening to this so that should be fun he's gonna be there doing like a whole vip thing and he hosts it nice. so barry boswick is in this movie jennifer coolidge is in it but the main people are like Michael Yuri plays Miles, who's the the main protagonist here. He was an ugly Betty, if you ever seen him in that. And then uh, his kind of friend, whatever, how this evolves, uh, Philemon Chambers playing Nick. Uh, this is his first feature. So um, it's, it's an interesting combination. And like I said, I think it's really just coming off the heels of the success of Happiest Season for Hulu last year. Uh, but this, I feel like, is going to be more like the... I don't want to say playful, but lighter version of this. Are you, are you excited to kind of see this version of that, this perspective at all? Uh, I mean, as a as a storyline, it's been done too much as it is with uh, with the straight relationships. Or right, uh, you don't see a lot of LGBT uh, re- related movies uh, to Christmas. I don't. I don't even remember even even watching any, to be honest with you. Yeah, it might be more uh, on like Lifetime and those type of things, but I don't think I've seen much on the streamers besides no, Happiest no. Season last year. Yeah, so um, I, it's interesting. Is it a movie that I'm going to be excited to watch? No, because it doesn't really doesn't really click with me. I guess I I, I don't know. Uh, besides the besides the whole LGBT uh, side of it, right? Um, I, that, that's not my world. Uh, but besides even that, 
um, the storyline itself doesn't really resonate with me either. Yeah, it's like a straight rom-com, but without like tons of fanfare, I guess. I, well, I would need to I, see a trailer, I think. For this I just one. I just never resonate with movies where families pressure the single kid. Yeah. Because I'm single. I've been I've been single nearly all my life. And my I mean, I don't get pressure from my my family. Right. So I don't get I don't get it. You know what I mean? I don't get the why parents worry about their kids being single. Right. Because I've never I've never had to deal with that. So um, maybe just because it doesn't resonate with me that I I've just I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think it's we only got a short little description of it. Yeah. And it, Who yeah, knows? Can, we don't, e- we don't even know if it's a comedy or if it's going to be like a big drama or I mean, well, given that it's Kathy and Jimmy and Jennifer Coolidge and stuff, I'm thinking that it's going to be more lighthearted. Gonna, yeah. 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 But yeah, it just doesn't resonate with me. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping maybe a couple other Christmas movies pop up. So maybe we can push this one to the back a little bit, but um yeah, we got to watch. We got to watch it. Well, hey, man, I don't know if you're a fan of their other stuff, but, you know, we got some animated titles, too, to talk to. Sean the Sheep, The Flight Before oh, Christmas. I don't know. if hundred percent. And I actually have a story about that because uh, Sean, Sean, uh, Sean of the Sheep holds a very, 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 very. <laughs> I love very, you said Sean of the Sheep. Uh, sheep of the Sean. What is it? It's Sean. Oh, Sean the Sheep. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like oh, Sean of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would totally go for a zom- animated zombie sheep movie for children. Uh, all right. So Sha- Shonda's sheep yeah. <laughs> holds a very dear, like close to my heart kind of uh, spot because that was the, the Sean, the sheep, the movie uh, was the very first movie I got to bring my nephew to. Oh, that's great. So uh, it was like, I was bringing him by myself for the first time. And like, it was the first time we like, we had that uncle and nephew kind of bonding moment. Yeah, man. And um, I was nervous because, you know, if you know the sh- uh, Sean, uh, Sean, the sheep movies, mm. um, there's no talking in it. Right. It's, it's all it's all silent. Pretty much. It's a silent movie with some music in it. Yeah. I was very nervous about him sitting there for an hour and a half and going. And, and he absolutely loved it. He was dancing when the music was on. There was like a couple of the kids that were in the theater too, and they were all dancing. Right. He was laughing. Like I was really nervous about too because he didn't know Sean the Sheep. Like he never watched the cartoon or anything. Right. So I was a little nervous about that. If he got the humor or whatever, and he was really into it. He really dug it, and and now he always asks to go to movies with me all the time now. So like I kind of contribute Sean the Sheep being a good experience for me and my nephew. So now that we can always go to the movies because he enjoyed it so much the first time he ever went to a movie. So, yeah, um, now he's I, feeding I, into your uh, Christmas movie addiction. Uh, it kinda, it's a perfect crossover for you. I might even have to sit down and watch it with him, you know, like even though he's probably too old to watch it now, but I might have to just sit him down and be like, listen, you got to watch this with me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no choice, I, and, buddy. And, and if I cry, don't pay attention. You know, Uncle Chad's <laughs> just going through something, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm all over this. I'm all over it. Yeah, I mean, I tried to watch a little bit of the show with my kids, but they weren't that into it. So we'll, mm. we'll see if it, it goes with that. Uh, I think it just the the whole not talking thing caught them off guard. 
I, I think I, if we actually sat with it, I think we would yeah. have been all right. But yeah, Sean the Sheep, which uh, what mm. Farmageddon was an Oscar nominee, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So like I, now I this enjoyed is the that follow-up. too. So I mean, I can honestly say the movies, uh, like the full length movie, was a lot better than the actual TV shows that came out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But I mean. If you like that, it's like um, Wallace and Gromit, Wallace and Gromit or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like flushed away. There was another movie called yep. flushed away yeah. that was mm-hmm. along that same. If you like those kind of movies, you're going to like Shaun the Sheep. So, yeah, um, it's a, that silly, almost like English, British, yeah. it's I, totally whatever. British. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of humor. So if you're if you're into that, it kind of reminds me of like uh Cause I really, it, it, the, the comedy itself kind of reminds me if, uh, if you've ever seen like the, the TV show or the movies, uh, bean. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's like yeah. that dry, dry humor. Yeah. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't get it, you don't get it. I mean, it's just like one of those things. So yeah. Bean man, like between that kids in the hall, and like a bunch of other like sketch stuff was like the first stuff they put on comedy central when I first got it. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, the, I totally bought in. I'd watch like Faulty Towers and Bean and like all Ab Fab and all these other crazy shows that came from over overseas. I know this is off topic, but yeah. just real quick. If you ever, ever get the chance, if you haven't, I'm telling you, everybody that's listening, um, if you've never seen Rowan Atkinson actually do stand up like back in the day. I don't think I have. Oh my! Comedy Central used to show them all the time back when, like, they used to show the Bean shows. Yeah, and I used to watch them over and over the same specials over and over and over again. One of probably one of my top ten like stand ups of all time. Like he was so funny, so over underrated because like oh for probably Aussie's probably huge over overseas, but. Oh, yeah. And England, between Black Adder, that I think was right before yep. Bean and then Bean, like he was massive. Yeah. Black Adder, dude. If you get a chance to see that, that that's a hard one to find now. But if you guys ever get a chance to go you know, check that show out, that's like one of those shows that is a complete hit or miss for people because it's like legit, really super funny to some people. Well, that and was Hugh Laurie before before House yeah. Man. I mean, yeah. you get to kind yep. of see him in his element because that yeah. that's all he was like be- between that and uh, the show with Stephen Fry. I believe he they had like a, a a show together too that was big over there. He was a big comedy star, and then he comes yeah. over and does House, where he kind of rides the line. It, it was a perfect mix, perfect yeah. storm, and and just you know took the U.S. by storm, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Sean the Sheep, Flight Before yep. Christmas, I'm sure that's on your radar. And then one that I thought was supposed to come out last year, like you were saying, where they had teasers and stuff, Robin Robin, which is this short uh, that's like literally about a, like a, a, not an ugly duckling thing, but like a robin that falls into uh, a nest, uh, like basically where, you know, I forgot what the other animals are, but they take care of this robin and raise it as their own and then... It's kind of this heartwarming kind of story. And I think they're releasing it around Thanksgiving time uh, that it's kind of like, you know, the first unofficial kickoff thing for for the holiday season. But it, it, it's done by, if I'm not mistaken, the Chicken Run uh, animator. Oh, so it's got that yes. kind of a Chicken uh, Run was an awesome cartoon. Yeah. And so there is a trailer for Robin Robin. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, and these are two animation teams that have other projects coming to Netflix. Chicken Run 2 should be out in 2022. And uh, the Wallace and Gromit, uh, I know that team is coming out with another 
uh, animated project that's direct to Netflix as well that I think will be 2022 as well, um, if not 2023. So, you know, I'm excited to see what these look like. You know, and obviously everyone knows what Shaun the Sheep looks like and it's all Uh that. But I love that style. I love looking forward to this. So, like we said, that's kind of the lineup. Like, it's that plus Princess Switch 3 coming out in November. So, I'm looking at it, man. Last year, we covered, what was it? One, two, three, four, four and a short Uh last year. Now, if we do the same thing this year, we're talking... We oh. just went over one, two, three, four. Yeah, four and plus Sean the Sheep and Robin Robin. So we're kind of in the same ballpark if they well, don't plus, add plus anything. Two. Plus two because we're going to have to watch the Princess Switch. Uh, for Christ's sake, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, yeah. and Princess Switch, the Princess Switch switched back, back again. Switch, whatever the yeah, title switch is. Again. Yeah, 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 whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. So, yikes. <laughs> That's all I'm, I'm gonna say. So I'm ready, dude. Yeah, it it is the season, man. It's gonna be a weird year, just like it was last year, where we had all these Oscar films from like the beginning of December all the way through, and then also I have to do cram sessions, getting all these Christmas movies in. But at least mm-hmm. some of them come out in November. Yeah, so, yep. but it's not like November's a dead month for Netflix anyway. You got more more awards films with like Passing and. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, and uh, Bruise, the Halle Berry movie. And then you also get um, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot's movie, Red Notice, the biggest yep. movie they've ever done. So it's like, ah, how am I going to mm. cover all this shit? So, <laughs> But for you, man, I will, I, will, I will buckle up. I will sit down. I will get oh, yeah. my Christmas fix on. We will cram it in somehow, some way. Hell yeah, uh, dude. To g- get it done, man. But I'm ready. This was good, man. I'm I'm glad to to have you back in the fold. We'll we'll do the update again, you know, a couple months, it looks like. Yeah. You know, so coming hot and heavy, whether people want it or not. You know, we exactly, are still yeah. in warm weather. People are like, shut the hell up about the holidays. <laughs> but we're doing it, baby. We ripped off the band-aid. Something to look forward to if you guys are into that. Um, and, you know, definitely tell us uh, on the socials, like, which one of these maybe you're looking forward to the most. I think it's got to be a boy called Christmas. Like, if you're truly in the Christmas spirit, yeah. you got to do that one. But, mm. you know, uh, you might get some surprising answers. Uh, maybe people are really, really in- invested in the uh, Princess Switch trilogy. and It just clouds everything else, man. Hey, there's people out there that think if they're coming out with a third one, the first two must have been pretty good. Yeah, I got to be successful on some of them. Good. Yeah. yeah. Or Vanessa Hutchins, who is in so many Netflix films, must have some kind of thing Contract. over their head. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, you know, pictures, you know, of Ted Sarandos <laughs> in a compromising positions or something. But Jesus, like, she, she is in everything. Like, she was in what? Like, she's in Polar. She's in these movies. She was in Night Before Christmas. Or, yeah, that's right. She was in, yeah, The Night Before Christmas. She's going to be in Tick, Tick, Boom that I literally just mentioned, the Juan Manuel Miranda movie. Uh, yep. Wow. And I'm probably forgetting stuff. So, like, she's, uh, she's all, over, all over the place. Yeah. I think she was even in a show for Netflix, too, if I'm not mistaken. I'm probably forgetting. But she's just, like I said, in everything. So, yeah. she'll be back <laughs> this holiday season, too. So, <laughs> I guess we won't get enough of that. But good to see you, buddy. 
We'll see yeah, you soon. Yeah, good to see you too, man. Definitely. And happy holidays. I guess. Yeah, happy holidays. Heart. Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. All right, man. Talk soon. All right, man.